Yo, 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 what up? It's Rondell, a.k.a. King Ronda Don, and you are now tuned in to Soul Society 101, the podcast. What up, Soul Society family? It's King Ronda Don, a.k.a. Rondell. Welcome to Soul Society 101, the podcast, our lens on black travel, food, and culture. Our guest today, a very special guest with a lot of titles. She's a travel writer, a serial expat slash travel junkie (laughs) slash international educator who's been to over 90 countries. I mean, she puts me to shame. 90 countries? (laughs) What in the world? Onika the Traveler, what's up? Hey! Thank you so much for having me. For sure, for sure. Thanks for being here, man. So I, I need to give you a little bit of backstory. We've been trying to connect to get this podcast interview. We have. And it was like, it was crazy. It was hectic. if she was somewhere, I was here. And if I was somewhere, she was here. And we were just all over the world yeah. trying to be at the same place at the same Basically. time. Basically. But we're here now. We're here. I mean, we wouldn't at work, so we wouldn't be who we are if we weren't <laughs> around the world, right? True enough. It only makes sense. So, um, Canadian born. Yes. Repping. The six. Okay. T-Dot, okay. Toronto. I didn't, didn't want to assume, because you know, some <laughs> people would be like, they from Canada. No, not from Toronto. I mean, I'm, from... I'm going to keep it real with you. Most black people in Canada <laughs> are from Toronto. Okay. Let's okay. just keep it 100. <laughs> <laughs> and a new New Yorker, right? And I'm a new New Yorker. I just moved here in July, but I haven't really been here because I've been traveling. Right, right, right. Well, how have you been enjoying the little bit of New York that you've been experiencing so far? You know what? I have been feeling New York so much. There's always so many things to do. There's so many things to see. There's lots of things to eat. And I like to throw down. I like to eat. So (laughs) this is definitely the city for me. I think for anybody who kind of has ants in their pants, like you need like these big cosmopolitan cities where stuff is happening constantly. So the city works for me. Dope. I mean, you know, I'm an avid I'm an advocate for New York City I mean there's a lot of other places in the world that are awesome obviously that's why we travel Clearly. but nothing can really beat New York City I, I really New York City it. is like the world <laughs> rolled up into the five boroughs yeah get I, anything I'd agree with here that. except one weather in the winter which is why yeah. we've been kind of out yeah I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Caribbean background. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Where specifically? Of the cold. Let the people them know. Yo, people them them from Jamaica. Hey. Jamaica J-A. to the world. Uh, and so my dad lives in Jamaica. Um, my mom is like super duper Jamaican. It's like she never left. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who has been to the six will know that you know Jamaican massive, West Indian massive reps hard. So. Like, real talk, I always just considered myself Jamaican, even though I never lived there, even right. though I was never born there, because right. the community is so strong. Well, that's Toronto. what I was going to say. Similar to New York, yes. Toronto. Like, look at Drake, for example. Drake don't got one ounce of West Indian blood. Let me, let, me just, let me just kiss my teeth, okay? <laughs> no, nice no. and long. Because <laughs> he's ridiculous. <laughs> my man speaks Patois, and I'm like, wait. But your father's from Memphis, I right. believe. And, your and mother, his mom is Jewish. Yes. Yeah, so. White lady. But it's similar to, I'll say Brooklyn specifically, because growing up, all of my American friends were like, 
honorary West Indians just yes. because of the cultures everywhere. Well, this is the thing. If you talk to anybody from Toronto, there's kind of like a Toronto urban accent, and mm. that accent is basically the Jamaican accent. Really? Yeah, so it doesn't matter if you're like white Jewish. It right. doesn't matter if you're like Chinese. It doesn't matter if you are like black and your family's from Africa or mm-hmm. you're from Africa. Um, essentially, the Toronto urban accent is kind of like, it's, it's just like a Jamaican accent. Interesting. So the things we'll say would be like, yo, Wagwan, Redrin. And that's part of... Yeah, the Mandem. Like, know, that I'm... is part of the lexicon of Toronto. That's oh, like wow. the urban accent. Wow. So, and yeah. I've been to T-Dot a few times. And maybe I need to spend a little more time up there. You need to, like, holler at the black people. That's what you need to do. <laughs> I've been staying in the in the um the uptown area. Probably, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Um, but let's talk travel. So yeah. tell me a little bit about how you got your start in traveling. So basically, here's the thing. I mean, I grew up in Toronto. Toronto's a very multicultural city as well, as multicultural as New York, if not more so. Uh, and so when I was going to school, I went to school with people from all shades, all colors, all countries. And um, so even at a young age, because I was surrounded by so many different cultures, I was very interested in different people and the way that they live. And so it wasn't, however, until university when I had the chance to do a study abroad that I really kind of dipped my foot into travel. Now, here's the thing. I grew up in a very Jamaican family mm-hmm. uh, and a very conservative Jamaican family at that. So, you know, when we were traveling, we were going to Jamaica, we were going to the U.S. to visit our family members in New York and Florida and D.C. and the whatnot. Us- the usual. The city. usual. That's basically where all Caribbean immigrants right, right, right. end up, right. right? The trifecta of cities. And But, like, international travel wasn't really a Thing that we did other than going you know back home mm-hmm. right um so my mom was very against this idea and my mom was actually pretty strict on me so i had this i just wanted to go away it didn't even matter where i just wanted to leave <laughs> i wanted to leave home and kind of get out from under her thumb mm-hmm. and i discovered that i could go away for a year to france if i changed my major to french i always loved languages i spoke french already growing up in canada and i was like yo this is my chance let me shoot my whole shot (laughs) and so i went away to france for a year and it was incredible like i didn't even realize what impact it had on me until i came back uh i lived amongst you know not only french people but people from the whole diaspora and um, if you know anything about like French history, you'll know that they colonized so many countries yeah. in Africa, Asia, and so on. So I was just meeting all these different people and I was intrigued. Furthermore, I had the opportunity to travel a little bit during my year abroad. I, I went to Morocco, I went to Spain, Portugal. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're based in Europe, I feel like you have access it's to go so, so many places. It's so easy. Like ease and affordability. And affordable. And the thing is when you live there as well, you're subject to you know when you're a resident which I was at the time you get all these discounts these crazy discounts mm. so I was, a- I was able to see the world at a fraction of the cost and very easily as well because everything was close by so anyway I came back from that year and I I just I knew I had to leave again I was like this was the best thing I had ever done with my life I needed to structure my life around traveling and that's what I did Dope. So, first of all, every time I speak with someone born in another country, I feel so basic because you're like, oh, yeah, I also speak French because I'm Canadian. Thank you very much, <laughs> Pop Scholar. Us, you know, us born in America, we're like super basic. Like, every, every time I travel to 
a country in Africa, they're like, oh yeah, we speak three to like, four yeah, languages. Like yeah. we speak our two, you know, the local dialects, the um, tribal languages, exactly. and then they speak the colonizers' right, language. Exactly, right. and typically, which is. For the countries I've been to, have been English and French. And mm-hmm. here we are with this one English. Some of us don't even know it that well. Right, Struggling. I feel you. We're going to step our game up. <laughs> Everyone born in America, download Duolingo. Yep. Let's learn another language. Yes. I'm trying to learn French so I could be like Bonjour. <laughs> I was going to say, can you spit a little French on the mic? Mais bien sûr. Alors, j'ai grandi au Canada. Et au Canada, c'est un pays bilingue. Alors, ça veut dire qu'on parle le français et l'anglais en même temps. Et euh, non, mais c'est, c'est génial. J'adore les langues en général. J'ai aussi habité au Mexique, alors euh, je parle espagnol. Voilà. AKA, she's a show off. Because ain't, ain't nobody asked her to go in <laughs> like that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm talkative. I'm friendly. I'm like, say a little something. She's going to give me all of that. <laughs> But I know, I've been learning a little bit. I learned, je suis avec Onika. Exactement. You see? C'est très bien. Feel me? Wow. All right. You're a great student. <laughs> I actually used to teach French. Oh, so, no. Yeah, I used to teach that, like, that was my job. I figured that I needed a way, I needed a job that would allow me to travel, but also have a job in Canada. Right. So I went and I got a degree in education and I became a French teacher. So that was primarily how I was able to move abroad. I was teaching French. Dope. Yeah. Man. So tell me a little bit about how you got to travel the world or live different places being an educator. Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. So basically, there are two different routes that you can take. So you can either go abroad and teach English, so teach ESL, or you can be, or you, you can do what I did, which is, I actually have a degree in, in, in education. I have, well, I have a couple of degrees in education. I have a, a master's in education. Uh, and what you can do is you can teach at schools that are for expat children. So, for example, when I lived in Hong Kong, I taught at a school uh, that was, I guess, a Canadian international school. So all the kids there, they had Canadian passports. They were from Canada. And I was essentially teaching the exact same curriculum I had taught <laughs> the year before <laughs> when I lived in Toronto. Uh, so, I mean, there are many different paths, I guess, you can take in terms of um, being an educator abroad. When you teach English or you teach ESL, that's probably the easiest thing to get into. Um, the pay varies wildly when you teach English as a second language, but in general, it's quite good in Asia. So if you go to South Korea or if you go to Japan or if you go to China, uh, you usually get paid pretty well to teach okay. English as a second language. That's good to know. So for all the young people or people who are maybe interested in changing your career Mm -hmm. and finding something that allows you to travel, that's an option. Yes, definitely. And that's something that I wish I knew when I was younger. Because you know the thing is, when you're younger, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, you hear of like, four different career options. Yes. And everything else is just Especially if you're from the Caribbean. I didn't want to say it, but since you said it. Doctor, lawyer, (laughs) nurse. (laughs) Or something in business that they understand. Exactly, exactly. Everything else is pretty much a question mark. So, yeah, so true. But it's it's dope to hear that, you know, teaching can take you so far. Oh, my goodness. Most definitely. I think what a lot of people don't recognize is that if you speak English as a first language, it is such an asset. It is such an asset. Um, if you are wanting and willing to go abroad, because a lot of countries, particularly in Asia they are really interested and invested in increasing the um, amount of English speakers, you know, where they are, because it affords them so many more opportunities. So you can really leverage that and go 
abroad for a year or two and, and use teaching English as a way to fund your travels. This episode of Soul Society 101, the podcast, is brought to you by our friends at Norwegian. Norwegian has affordable direct flights from U.S. cities like New York City, L.A., Vegas, Fort Lauderdale, and Boston to destinations throughout Europe and the Caribbean. So before you book your next flight, first, check out Norwegian.com. All right, and we're back with Onika the Traveler. Man, she got the gems, y'all. I hope, I hope y'all are catching them <laughs> as she's dropping them. I hope y'all are catching them. But, um... So, you travel a lot. What percentage of the month would you say that you're traveling on average? Oh, my gosh, Rondell. <laughs> I've <laughs> like been traveling. You, you, you moved to New York, yeah. but you're home how many days? Oh, my God. Out of a typical month, like in the last seven months that I've been in New York, I have probably only been in New York City an average of like a week out of every month. So, wow. like seven days out of 30, and that is even being... Like, really generous. Wow. Yeah, I've been traveling a lot, and I'm trying to enjoy New York because it's such an amazing opportunity to live here. So I definitely, in 2001, and I definitely, in 2001, I can't talk. <laughs> Maybe I should say this in French. No, in 2017, I definitely want to spend more time in NYC. Okay. That's commitment. So for everyone out there, um, you know, with Soul Society, we post a lot of travelers. And there's some people like yourself who seem to be like full-time travelers. Mm -hmm. And everyone always asks the question. They pose it to Soul Society, but really you should be posing it to the people that I'm posting. Hit me up. How do you get to travel so often? Like for some people I know, and this is just from, you know, talking to people. For some people it's, you know, just having a super flexible job that mm -hmm. you can do anywhere, like a writer or something like that. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> For others, it's working abroad. So you may go to a country and spend two months and find like a tip mm -hmm. job that you work for those two months to make ends meet. And then some people are earning, you know, a full-time salary with their travel content. Yes. And I'm working on getting there. Mm -hmm. Where what, where do you fall in that? So basically, I've been abroad. I've lived abroad for on, over 11 years now, so almost 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I would say, like, 11 of those years, I had a job. People right. don't realize I actually had a legit job, but I was teaching. Right. So I worked in a job that had a lot of holidays. And boy, did I take advantage of my holidays. <laughs> so the thing is, I was living um, abroad. I taught in France, in Mexico. I taught in England. I taught in Hong Kong. And I had lots of holidays. Time. So not only would I travel um, during my school holidays, like two weeks off for Christmas, two weeks off for Chinese New Year, two months off for summer, I would also travel on all of my weekends and long weekends. Right. And I would just, you know, travel as like what I could do. Like, you know, I would travel around the region, for instance. You know, when you live in London, it's so easy to pop over to Paris right. for a day or two days. So that's exactly what I was doing initially. Um, since I've been in New York though, I've been doing the travel thing full time. And essentially what happened was while I was working a regular job or regular-ish type job abroad, I started chronicling my travels. I started writing about it. This is way before Facebook. This is way before IG. Uh, I just wanted to share my travels. And as the whole social media, blogging, digital sphere and world started to kind of grow, 
I was already there. Mm. So I was getting opportunities even when I was working full time, you know, paid opportunities to go travel and write for X and, you know, give, you know, take photos for Y and make videos and all this, that, the other. But I had to turn those opportunities down because I had a full time gig. Anyway, fast forward to now, I'm living in New York and basically I've been living off my contracts. Um, What happens typically is whether it's a tourism board or some sort of brand will reach out to me and they will reach out to me for digital marketing opportunities. So they want access to my audience or they want my writing or my photography. Um, lately, I've been doing more video projects, which and has been, been really cool. It. Your videos have been off the oh, chain. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Like They take time to make, but I really enjoy them. And I like the idea of being able to show people what the destination is like mm-hmm. because words can only tell so much right images can only tell part of the story but like when you're keeping it real in the field mm-hmm. i mean there's nothing better than that so i've been um doing a number of video projects i have a few coming up you know what i'm saying so where can, where can keep an eye out <laughs> <laughs> where can people um find all of your content all your video and all yes that so uh definitely hit up my blog so www.onikathetraveler.com that's traveler with two l's because we canadian up in this b <laughs> <laughs> okay so um onika the traveler with two l's.com uh and also on all my social media handles so onika traveler on ig uh, on, well, I don't really use Snapchat, but um, on Twitter, I'm Onika Traveler, and on YouTube, I'm Onika Traveler, and on Facebook, I am Onika the Traveler. Uh, so you can find out what I'm doing, and I usually post things in real time, and then if I do any work for clients, sometimes it's a mix. Sometimes I post them exclusively on my channels, uh, and other times um, they're on their channels, like I'm producing work for them. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very inspirational because I think a lot of a lot of people following you on social media are just like, yo, this girl's just out here living. But a lot of people don't realize how much work has yeah. gone in uh, to building a platform that people are paying attention to. Like, all, they they quote unquote discover you and think that it, you just popped up overnight. Oh my goodness. But y'all heard that she's been in the, she's been doing this before it was a thing. Yeah, and that is really I guess the message that I want to impart to the people listening like there's no such thing as overnight success in the vast majority of cases I've been grinding and doing this for a really long time even before I knew that this was something that I wanted to do I started blogging and sharing my travels and traveling just out of a love of culture and discovery and I kind of fell into this it grew into something more Um, So my point is that it was really organic. Uh, And now I'm getting opportunities, which is great, but there's a lot of hard work involved. I mean, I will tell anybody that it's way easier to go into your job (laughs) and like work your eight hours a day and know that you're getting your paycheck and you have your benefits and all of that. Um, It's way easier to do that than to do what I'm doing. Uh, So, I mean, you have to love what you're doing, right? Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really, really fun. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm I'm staying the course. I've been staying the course and, uh, I'm reaping some rewards, which is always nice. That's dope. I mean, and I just want to go back to a few things that you mentioned similar to, I guess what you're saying, people say the same thing to me, like with soul society, they're like, Oh, this is dope. You know, you have all these followers and you kind of just came out of nowhere. Someone (laughs) recently thinking that they were doing something great, which I guess in a sense they were, 
um, as they were talking about cool Instagram pages to follow, and they were like, oh, newbie on the scene at Soul Society, they're really starting to make some noise. Meanwhile, I've been doing this since 2012, right. hustling, grinding, trying to get people to pay attention. The, and, and similar to what you said, the, the reason I started um, sharing my stories and my pictures and where I was eating when I went to different places, the sites I was seeing is because I, I was searching on Google and I was like, yo, every time I went somewhere, it was like, what are black people doing here? Right. What are black people <clears throat> doing in this city? Where do black people eat in this city? Absolutely. Just because sometimes the cultural thing is just a cultural thing. Definitely. Um, and I couldn't find anything. And that's why I started. And then I realized that other people kept hitting me up. Mm-hmm. For information, I was like, okay, well, I need to put this on a blog because I'm tired of answering the same questions exactly. over and over. And then at least people can find it. Exactly. Yeah. So I can just direct you here. So it started out of the love, which is why a lot of times now when I see a lot of these pages and platforms and I'm like, do y'all really care or y'all mm-hmm. own it because it's hype? Like similar to the natural, the whole natural hair movement, oh my quote God. unquote. When that <laughs> started, it was like really people sharing their story because it was like no one had ever yes no well people black women were rediscovering natural hair and it was literally a thing nowadays it's a lot of girls out here like oh i just have curly hair and i'm gonna just build this platform because it works it's pop it's popular and i'll get sponsors so i'll get followers exactly. exactly so similarly you know i started out of the love for it um and started early on before I knew it was going to blow up mm-hmm. because the, the first two, three years I had under a thousand followers. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I was just like, oh, whoever wants to see this, exactly. we'll see it. Exactly. So anybody out there trying to start something new, please, please try to be original. Do something different <laughs> and do it out of the love. Not because- Do it out of the love because it's, it's hard. It's, you, there will be a point where you feel as though nobody is following you. And, and this is the thing. I think a lot of us who are killing the game right now it's because of hard work and it's because we stuck around. Mm. So many people start yeah. and then when they don't get their desired results in right. two seconds, they drop it. Right. And this is why you should really love what you're doing. Right. So whether you have one follower or one million followers, you do it because right. you actually love it because it fulfills you in some sort of way. Right. All right. So let's change the topic up a little bit. I know you're out the game now. Congrats on the nuptials. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but let's talk about dating for a second. So back in your dating days, yes. what were some of your pet peeves? <laughs> and before you answer that, I'm, I'm going to share a story. So uh, for all y'all out there, I'm 32. And um, some of my female friends who are 32 are out here in the dating scene. And they're just kind of like, these guys don't know how to communicate like men. Like they send like an emoji <laughs> to start your day instead of checking in on you and seeing how you're doing. So you'll get a wink in the morning. And one of my homegirls, who I don't know if she wants me to put her business out there, so I'm not Uh going to mention her name. But, you know, one of her biggest pet peeves is, you know, guys not knowing how to communicate as men. Right. Not knowing how to court, not knowing how to communicate. If you're going to text, because women do like phone calls, which guys don't realize. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If you're (laughs) going to text, at least try, in the beginning stages texting in full sentences exactly and this is oh. me dropping a gem on behalf of my homegirl for all the brothers Please, out there preach. guys communicate preach. women like communication take take yourself out of your comfort zone if you want to send a wink say <laughs> good morning how are you <laughs> but back to you so what were what were some of your pet peeves when you were on the dating scene wow so Thankfully, I feel like all of this Tinder and stuff like that didn't really exist. I was already 
paired up with somebody right. at the time. Actually, lies, pure lies. In 2008, I was on Plenty of Fish. Oh, Is that I, still around? I think so. I, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I remember Anyway, that I'm older than you. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so my, the issues that I had, you know, and I dated internationally. She's, a, Just she's an international dater. International dater. But what I'm trying to say, my point is that men are kind of the same everywhere oh, okay okay lack of communication was always an issue for me and just flakiness like mm. check in on me like let me know that you care right call me that was always my pet peeve like these guys would be super into it and then they would just fall off it's mm -hmm. like respect me and tell me that you're not feeling it right and communicate these things to me so that i'm not wasting my time right um so that was one of my biggest pet peeves uh when i was on the dating scene right I hear you. Now, did travel, since you've always been, you know, I guess in your adult years an avid traveler, has travel ever gotten in the way of the progress of a relationship? Like, Absolutely. has there ever been a guy that was like, oh, so you're not going to stay home? I can't do this. Or because Absolutely. you're not staying home, they feel like they need to pull back. Well, so it's really interesting. Uh, so essentially, what, I started traveling when I was about 21. Now I'm almost 35. So most of my you like, seem like you were so much older than me. We are the that's same. That's like age. three years, man. That's three years. I'm still in the eighties though. Still in the eighties. Thank goodness. Um, but anyway, so um most of my adult years, like adult meaning that I lived on my own and I had money and I had my own agency in terms of I could do whatever the hell I wanted to do. Uh, I've been traveling and I've been living abroad. And so I would meet guys abroad and I would date them. But the issue always was that we were never in the same place long term. So mm. I was dating a guy when I lived in Mexico, but then he lived in San Francisco and then I moved back to Canada <laughs> and then it just wasn't going to work. Or, for example, I lived in France, I was dating a guy in France, and then he moved to Mexico, and then I moved to Mexico, but then it didn't work. Right, right, right. Right? So those were kind of the situations that I found myself in. The fact that both of us were living this international lifestyle, and nobody was willing to give up their international lifestyle. Right. Nobody was willing to say, okay, well, we're going to settle down in this place, and we're going to date each other for two years, and we're going to figure out whether or not this works. So that was always my issue. And funnily enough, um, my husband now, I met him in Hong Kong. So I was living in Hong Kong, he was living in Hong Kong, um, but he was only in Hong Kong briefly. So he left about four months after we met each other. And I was like, duh, well, you know what? This is the same old story. It ain't going to work. Let me move on. You ready to just dash my I was ready to just dash him away and find one next man. <laughs> but, you know, shock of all shockers, it actually worked out. And uh, we decided to do long distance. And, and it worked out. And I think that, you know, for all you women and men out there, you just have to give it a try. I think it's so easy to become jaded. Uh, it's so easy to not consider someone because they live in Seattle and you live in Miami. <laughs> but I think, especially in this world, cheap flights, flight deals, right. Skype, right. snaps, all of these technological things and all of these advancements, uh, I think that you should give it a go. If the person is somebody of value, right. I guess. 
Yeah. So shout out, you met you met your husband in Hong Kong. Yes. And you married where? We got married in Germany. He's actually from Germany, which is was the biggest shock to me because I don't even think I had ever even spoken really to a German person before I met this guy. <laughs> so met in Hong Kong, yeah. married in Germany. Now you're living in New York. And now we live in New York. What a story yeah. to tell. It's man. crazy. It's crazy. You gotta be like that now, if that's not international love, like yeah. I don't know what is. That it's, is it's super international. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, so does he travel with you now? Yes. So the reason that we connected, because first of all, he had approached me. I was like, ooh, who is this dude? Like, mm, <laughs> Wait, does he know mm, that before you put this he, up? <laughs> he knows that. I've told him many a time. I was like, who is this? Like, mm, what is that accent? What? <laughs> I was hating. I was hating. Uh, but then I soon realized the error of my ways. So y'all heard um, that, ladies, maybe... First impression, you're not 100% feeling yes. that you might need to leave yourself a little bit open. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Honestly, maybe I still would have been single <laughs> up in these streets, okay? But this is this is the thing. I think um, in order to, to, to make a relationship work, I think you have to be open and you have to give yourself and other people a chance. So maybe they're not necessarily your physical ideal. Maybe they don't have the same background as you. Maybe, you know, they are in a different or on a different career path. I think you have to be open, at least in the very beginning, and see if you're compatible, if you can find some level on which you are compatible. So for him and I, we connected through travel. You know, because here I was living in Hong Kong. I was really thirsty, I guess, to travel in Asia. And he had already traveled in Asia. And, you know, he came with me on, on some of my trips out there. And we really connected on that level. Yeah. And I, I always tell people, and I think you actually have a story about this on your blog, traveling with um, your significant other. Oh, yeah. Really works <laughs> to build a relationship. Because when you're traveling, you learn so much oh about a person. Oh, my God, you do. You learn some good and bad. But you, <laughs> like, traveling makes you get to the point in a relationship. It's like... Skip all that fluff, all that mm. top layer, all the facade of trying to be the perfect person. Like, what happens if we're in a dangerous situation? Like, you can see someone's instincts if you're out right. somewhere and, and things are looking suspect. What happens if you have diarrhea? Ooh. I mean, let's, let's keep Talk it about real. Asian travels. Exactly. <laughs> Asian when you travels have diarrhea <laughs> and you have nothing left, literally and figuratively, <laughs> is he going to be down for you? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just no. had to take it there because Keep sometimes as women, we're like, he needs to have a six pack <laughs> and he needs to be six foot eight inches tall. And he back. needs to have a private jet, all this nonsense. I'm like, girl. When your stomach ain't right. When your stomach ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> Will he be there for the night? Oh, that's it. That's there it. There you go. <laughs> that is you it. You know, that when that Thai street food. Ooh. You know, that street food in Bangkok rears its ugly head. Will he be there to pass that toilet paper roll? Oh. You know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm to put that as the promotional mm-hmm. line. Item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the one. What? So you've been to over 90 countries. How yeah. many countries have you lived in? Because I heard Mexico. I heard France. Yes. So I have lived, I think I've lived in six countries. So I grew up in Canada. I now live in the U.S. I've lived in France. Mexico, Hong Kong, and England. So yeah, I've lived in six countries. Damn. Yeah. Your passport books look nuts. My passports are, wow. Yeah. They're, they're pretty. Pretty. Not, like I wanna, I want to 
roll around in your past few books <laughs> because <laughs> that's how sexy they might be. <laughs> All them stamps, though? Uh, yeah. yeah, they're expensive. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> when trying you to run get, out, I'm trying to get like Onika to travel. Oh around. man, what what is your? Well, this is always a hard question, and mm-hmm. I hate when people ask me, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Your favorite country? Yeah, difficult to say, impossible to say, actually. Um, because I like countries for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So the country that I kind of came of age in was France. That was the first time I lived away from home. And I could do whatever I wanted. And I had a great group of friends. And I lived on the French Riviera. And that was just bomb. Um, the city that I enjoyed the most as an adult, like working, paying rent, was Hong Kong. Really? Hong Kong. Oh, I love Hong Kong. I lived there for four and a half years, and it was a great time professionally, personally. And you were teaching out there. <clears throat> I was teaching out there. I had an excellent group of friends. I was making a lot of money. Let's keep it real. <laughs> That's what I liked it because I was making a lot of money. <laughs> the end. The end. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just a fantastic time. Um, and then in terms of maybe the sites, I mean, I was really impressed when I went to Egypt. That was really impressive, mm-hmm. um, you know, visually. Uh, I went to Bolivia. That was really impressive in terms of the culture and visually as well. So it's really difficult to say. Like, for me, it's different, different countries, different countries for different things. Yeah. Word. What's the best thing that you've learned through all of your travels? The best thing that I've learned through all of my travels is to be open and flexible. Mm. So be open to opportunities, be open to the people that you meet, be flexible in terms of where you're going and your motivations for going there. And I just feel that when you're open and flexible, anything can happen. You just open that door to great things happening. You open the door to magic. So that is the thing <laughs> through all these years of traveling um all the plane rides and the train rides and like the air miles and the food and this that the other that would be my number one takeaway be open be flexible ah so onika the traveler what a guest i mean she speaks english she speaks french she speaks patois or as some um simple-minded people call it jamaican, jamaican. she speaks jamaican <laughs> what a guest man what an honor. Thank you. What an honor to be here. We, it's always all love. Love yeah, it. Yeah, man. Um, I hope you guys learned something. Onika, where can they find you, follow you again? Yes, please. You can follow me on IG, so on Instagram for my real-time travels. Uh, so that is at Onika Traveler, and Traveler has two L's once again. Uh, if you want to read a little bit more <laughs> than just uh, a short caption, then you can come on my website, which is www.onikathetraveler.com. Dot com And, of course, I'm always on Facebook. So you can find me there, Onika the Traveler. Traveler, once again, with two L's. And my name is spelled O-N-E-I-K-A. And, you know, this is Rondell King, Ronda Don. Soul Society 101 is lit. Lit! Onika. Yes! What a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thank you for coming, <laughs> man. We out. <laughs>